Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Tuesday, December the 26th, and that's Boxing Day, whatever the heck Boxing Day is. In fact, since I have never cared enough to know it, but I noticed you guys talking about it in the chat, will you tell me what Boxing Day is? Will you put that in the comments below? Don't put it in the chat. I won't be able to keep up with it, but give me a definition of why it's called Boxing Day. In my in my guess, I like to think that it's because there's all these boxes left over from Christmas. Hopefully, that's not what it's about. But uh, Boxing Day, happy Boxing Day to all of you. Merry Christmas, the second day of Christmas. Today, I think, is a partridge and a pear tree. I think that's where we're at. Or is it two turtle doves? Put that in the chat, too. All right, folks, we've got uh, a bunch of stuff we're going to cover today. We've got a bunch of uh, sort of good news and bad news. It's kind of up and down and uh, some unknown news waiting to find out a little bit more. I think you guys will uh, appreciate all of that. And a lot of today's show is coming from my friends over at Catholic Vote who have been doing an outstanding job reporting and putting a lot of good information out there into the world. If you guys are not following them with the loop, you're missing out. You're missing out without the loop. I'm just going to tell you that right up front. So go to catholicvote.org and sign up for the loop. Just put your email address in there and you'll get the loop every morning. You can just click on that little yellow button right there. It says loop me in all kinds of useful and valuable information. Catholic Vote is leading the fight for faith, family, and freedom in the United States. They also just crowned me the Catholic prom queen king. Is that right? That's what TACP calls it. The Catholic prom king, which lets me just kind of move back to a little space here. Folks, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, most of you guys, pretty disappointed. Where the hell's Mark Hout? He was supposed to be the winner. That's what we voted for here. That's what we were hoping for. Expecting some Mark Hout. And we got Kyle Serafin. Gets the runner-up spot there. So that's kind of tough. Uh, but we're going to have Mark on here. He's running for Congress. He's a hero in my book. I don't care what the uh, what the polls say. Totally irrelevant to me. And we're going to uh, let him talk about his run for Congress. He's actually working to primary a Republican known as Brian Fitzgerald. And Brian is a former FBI agent. So what would be more poetic, what would be more useful to us than putting a Mark Haup, someone who's experienced weaponized federal government, into Congress, right? Isn't that the way it should work? It's like, hey, uh, your former boss, my ex-girlfriend, the FBI, has done some pretty awful things. You seem pretty okay with them. I'm kind of not. They pointed guns at my kids and uh, came after me for a face act violation. So let's put Mark Hout in Congress. Anyway, if you live in the Pennsylvania area, that is an opportunity for you. I'll bring him on to discuss his candidacy and what platform he's running on. And he's a good dude. And uh, he's a big guy. He's a nice man. We really got to uh, enjoy meeting him out at, uh, at Miralago when we were in Florida. So we'll get him on here and we'll cover down on that. So like I said, if you haven't signed up, you're missing out. And again, very disappointed in the so-called Sarah fans not following the orders here. We're just trying to put it out there. But... Grateful for all of your support, guys, and it means a lot to know that you guys are out there pushing the buttons on websites saying that you like me, uh, even if you're wrong. <laughs> let's let's uh, press on. We've got uh, we got a bunch of stuff I want to cover on. The first thing I wanted to, to deal with is a, a reason for the season, if you will. And some of you probably saw this. Uh, it got very good play on social media. It's a beautiful video, and it tells us what it's supposed to be about what Christmas is supposed to be about. And interestingly enough, we got to see both sides of it. We got to see sort of the really good 
which is what this is, I think, and what it can mean. And the fact that no significant terrorist activities happened over in uh, on the 24th and the 25th in Europe, where there were a lot of allegations that may happen. So we'll talk about those. But it also, there's some really ugly pieces of it because on Christmas Day, you guys may see there's some uh, some sort of nastiness that occurred in exactly this same place. Let's start off here. This is video number six. It's going to be uh, sort of a silent night. This was put on by the Mormon Church, by the uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They paid for this elaborate Christmas display, and it's actually very beautiful. So I want to enjoy it with you guys, and then we'll uh, we'll get into kind of the ugly as well. Like I said, every everything good comes with a little bit of bad in this battle between dark and light. I'll call this the light. Uh, the dark gets a spot too, though, right? And maybe a lot of it too. So here we go. So that's the reason for the season in many ways. That's that's what's supposed to be done and kind of an incredible display. So if you were watching on our Rumble channel, obviously you saw the beautiful light show. But if you were not, what you missed was to that beautiful music was the turning down of all the lights in Times Square in New York City. It went dark and then all of the screens simultaneously were rented out at the exact same time to show um, depictions of the birth of Christ. Scenes from the manger. The words of Silent Night were kind of played along as well, and really an incredible display. I mean, it probably took a lot of money, and luckily the Mormon Church has that, so good for them for using it for such good purposes in this case. And what you didn't see were people raging. Uh, I just saw in the chat people saying, oh, probably a lot of woke heads exploded. Perhaps so, but if you look at the faces on the, on the people that were in the crowd there, they know too. They know what it's really about. They understand that Christmas is supposed to be about the silent night, the holy night, the, the birth of Christ. And it's worth noting, and this is something that I've been reflecting on this season, 
we're going to have actually some very, uh, I think, um, hypocritical statements by our former president. I'll share that with you guys and not Trump. But what's interesting is, is that Jesus didn't come in the form of a conquering king, which is sort of what everyone expected. He came as the most humble and, and lowly of creatures born in a place that nobody else wants to be born in. And if, if we're talking about coming in as a, as a lowly person, someone of humility, and entering the world in a most vulnerable position, it's the opposite of a lot of the warlike things that, that are expected. That's the, that's the human nature. Our human nature expects that. And so we got some of that in New York as well, in that exact same place, not 24, 48 hours later, people advocating on behalf of war and trying to use the image of Christ to do some really ugly stuff. I just saw somebody in the chat ask where to find the video. You can find that video on YouTube. It's uh, it's at the Mormons um, YouTube channel and really worth grabbing. So so let's kind of consider that. If that's, if that's the way that it's supposed to be, that you're supposed to see humility and meekness and mildness, those are all words, right? That are all part of this. And then you got this guy out there talking to us in a way that is kind of gross, I would say. <laughs> and he can't say the word Christmas. He can't bring himself to say it because he knows he's going to alienate a lot of the base that's uh, that's so nasty. So here, let's listen to our former president with his uniting words telling us what he thinks the season is about. It seems to be very much about secular humanism to him, which is not surprising. Hey, everybody. This season is about giving. And in addition to family and friends, this is an opportunity for us to give back uh, to our communities in some ways, uh, whether it's checking in on a neighbor, uh, volunteering for uh, a food drive or a present drive, uh, you know, being part of this broader community where we all are counting on each other. Uh, that's what the spirit of these holidays are about. I hope all of you have a wonderful holiday, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the new year. So there he is. It says Merry Christmas in text. That's what's written up on there, and it shows across. If I left it long enough, you'd see the Barack Obama Foundation would flash on there as well. But what you don't hear the man say is the word Christmas. He says holiday and holidays. Which ones, Mr. President? Which holidays? And a lot of that becomes very evident where they're coming from. They're trying to push no one away that's on the secular left and the fringe and sort of the lunatic violent end of things that didn't understand the basis of why people founded this country. Yes, was, was it for religious freedom? It was, but it was so people could practice Christianity the way they wanted. If we're being real honest about it, it doesn't mean you have to, it just means that's what people came here for. And the idea that we would have a president or a former president in 2023, after all these years, who is paying homage, I guess, this kind of ugly, this ugly speaking out of both sides of your mouth. It seems very democratic. It turns out that's actually not particularly um, loved by the American people. And we're going to show you some evidence of that. But let's start with some overseas sort of news, if you will. This came in from Yahoo News, uh, was reported by Catholic Votes as well. This is one of the things you'll find in today's loop. And it came out as a story yesterday that the German police are reporting no Christmas Eve incidents at the cathedral in Cologne. Well, you think, well, why is that even news? Well, the reason it's news is because there was a real possibility. There have been allegations that there would be terrorist activities, and I think a lot of us kind of had that sense. I carried an extra magazine with me when I went to Mass on both the uh, day before Christmas and on, on Christmas Eve Mass because we've got a lot of threats in this country right now, don't we? 
there's a lot of bad people out there that might be doing something ugly. It's a real possibility. So the Cologne police reported no untowards incidents in their checks on the German city's famous cathedral following warnings of possible terrorist attacks on the traditional Christmas Eve service. And this is where it gets really ugly. Because on a day that is supposed to be about meekness and mildness and peace entering the world, a silent and holy night, we had a lot of people that are in the Western world right now. Many of them are immigrants to it, or they are refugees from other places, and they are bringing with them the idea that they can use political violence and religious violence in order to make people stray away from what they believe. Uh, there was, if you even read this, it says that it was a planned Islamist attack. There were indications of it. Um, Islam-based terrorism, bringing terrorist activities to traditional mass and Christmas Eve services. That was a real threat. It continues to be a real threat. I think that uh, New Year's Eve is not a place that I would want to find myself caught in. I will show you why in just a moment. But there are a lot of cities that are dealing with these sort of very quiet attacks. And when they do decide to ramp up either rhetoric or overrun police lines, they're not looked at as being, um, they're not looked at as being a national story where people are trying to intimidate religious people. They're looked at as though these are in fact just local news stories, you know? Uh, why would why would they just be a local news story? There's several people that were arrested at a pro-Palestinian um, march that happened in Midtown on Christmas Day. This was only on New York's local news. And of course, it's all over social media if you guys pay attention to that sort of thing. But it's not listed as a national story of people trying to intimidate. That's very, very strange. They claim six people were arrested as part of hundreds marching through Midtown, chanting Christmas is canceled here. I got a little video of that for you. I'm going to share it with you. But the idea is not that they want to cancel Christmas. They want to intimidate people from believing one thing, and they're trying to scare people into keeping their mouths shut so they can they can run around. There's people that were carrying a nativity scene, which we're going to show. Because for some reason, I saw this as well on uh, on social media, somebody was actually like painted up. There was one of the people I follow who's a, a war correspondent. He painted up something that was called Christ in the Rubble, and it shows the Holy Family in the ruins of Gaza. It's sort of like an Eastern, um, Eastern Orthodox type of uh, iconic imagery. Yikes. Christ in the rubble, right? Like, did, did Jesus come to a place that was lowly? Yes. Did he come because he's there to save the people of Gaza specifically and needs to be used as political propaganda? I don't think so. I think he was actually running a counter-narrative to a lot of the narratives of the day. And if you look where the political power sits, it, it sits with people that that are running this very wild anti-Western campaign, and they're using Western values to do it. The Western values like tolerance and free speech are being used in order to push this along. I've got a quick little video of this. Um, it's it's troubling to see it. It really is. It's troubling and it upsets me. I, 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 there's there's this conflict that we have as Americans that says that we should allow people to say things the way that they want to say them, even if it's offensive to us. And yet the problem equals, like, how do we also protect the way of life that we have? Because there are some values that have to be held. And so this is what was going on in New York. This is sort of a longer video. I want you guys to get a taste of it. Uh, there's, especially the second half of it, you'll see the the Madonna and child being uh, carried around through the streets in a propaganda manner by people who don't believe in Christianity, and they certainly weren't there to celebrate Christmas. But it's tolerated, and very few arrests made. Doesn't speak to me to the fact that this was not out of out of hand because this was a rowdy gathering by any any account. And as you guys watch, you'll notice that 
think about the things you're seeing there, the violence and the and the physical activity going on against the police, and then think that they're only going to arrest six people in that whole crowd. Seems wild. And they were they were arrested for graffiti, not for the assaults on police officers and so on, uh, even though at least one police officer ended up in the hospital. Here we go. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, no celebration until liberation, because that's what it's all about, right? You guys saw that. Um, number one, the thing that caught me by, that touches me kind of viscerally, having been in those crowds as law enforcement, is that when you're a police officer in that sort of setting, and they're 100% known because they're wearing uniforms, I had the benefit of walking around with like a hoodie and a you know body armor you couldn't see. But those guys are out there on the line, and it's almost, almost exclusively men in those videos that I saw, so just for what that's worth. And there they are hearing all kinds of nasty utterances, people saying threats, but they're back in the crowd. You could hear that from the audio. They're hiding behind other people and they're yelling all kinds of interesting threats that are threats of violence towards the cops. There's obviously physical activity going on between the frontline protesters and the cops that are standing on that line. And uh, they can't really react to it. And it, that's part of the reason why we brought Sal on the other day. Sal got removed from his job because he was a vaccine refuser, which seems like a thing you should be able to do in America if you have a religious objection to it, like so many did. And he was friends with somebody in a political spectrum that they removed him for. And and so New York City and their police officers are facing some really tough times right now. I mean, there's no doubt about it that people on the front line like that are, that's what they did with their Christmas, folks. They stood out there and stood in front of buildings and people's apartments and, and tried to keep the line so that that wild mob and those people who are getting themselves whipped up into a frenzy and are marching around with a Madonna and Christ with a Palestinian flag draped over it, that's what they're out there holding the line between sort of chaos and and the people who just thought that they were going to see a Macy's Day parade and, and they were going to be able to, you know, walk through the streets and maybe do some last minute shopping and then celebrate with their families. And they're not home with their families on that day. They're getting paid overtime. So there is that. But I don't think you can pay enough overtime to have to face down knowing that your department has no backing for you. And that's really tough. It's tough to watch it. It's tough to see it. And I think it's it's indicative of a broader problem in this country, which we continue to see, just sort of this general lawlessness and tolerance thereof. Got another video coming from the other side of the uh, of the uh, country, which will demonstrate this as well. Different kind of different kind of radicalism, but also still wild and showing that the cops have no ability to get involved with what they want to do. Uh, before we do that, I want to say thanks to my sponsor, uh, particularly Patriot Coolers. Here they are. You guys know Patriot Coolers. I've got two of them sitting on my desk right now as I look away from the microphone and say that. Uh, it's a tailgate ready 
a lightweight option. You guys can actually take, I've got almost all the things on their website at this point. I started buying their products in 2017 with my own money. Any of you who have ever seen a federal agent, ever met a federal agent, they are the world's cheapest people despite the decent paycheck and they don't like spending money on anything. I am not the world's cheapest person, but I am relatively frugal and I bought these things with my own cash, never knowing that I would have a podcast or that they would come and sponsor me. They reached out to us and said they wanted to be associated with us back when we were so small that nobody would have cared. So we really appreciate them. You guys can go to patriotcoolers.com. The promo code is Kyle. It's just my first name, K-Y-L-E. K-Y-L-E gets you 10% off. If you spend 50 bucks, as you see on the top, you got guaranteed free shipping in the continental U.S. on all orders. So any of the bigger items, that's going to get free shipping. And like I said, save 10%. That's not nothing. But more importantly, it's a good product. It's good people. It says Patriot right on the front of it, which is pretty easy to identify with. And um, I'm telling you, I spent money on it before I ever knew that they would be supporting me. It's kind of interesting to know that we were supporting their company. I recommended them to my buddies. I had friends that had them. We sent them as gifts going back to 2017. So a worthwhile company to be supporting. PatriotCoolers.com and promo code Kyle. On my desk right now, I got the 19-ounce and the 16-ounce coffee mug. If you want one that'll fit into your, your car cup holder, definitely do the 19-ounce. You got to do the bigger one to fit it into your cup holder. Is, it, uh, is that counterintuitive? Yeah, a little bit. It is a little bit counterintuitive, but that's how it works. So check them out. All right, let's keep pressing forward because uh, as I mentioned, it's not it's not just coming from people in the street. This stuff is obviously being led on by a concerted effort at the high and the low levels. Here's a uh, another sort of uh, instance. Our friends over at the squad, the ladies, the ladies who have been challenged with anti-Semitism. Isn't it interesting to note that on on Christmas when they are likening Jesus to the Palestinian people and the plight of Jesus to or the, and the Holy Family? to that of the Palestinian people, that they they seem perfectly happy to use Christian imagery. And for some reason, Fox doesn't want to call it uh, an anti-Semitic message. They call it an anti-Israel message. Words have meaning even from Fox News, worth noting. Uh, says that uh, they had a very subdued Christmas display in solidarity with the victims in Gaza. If you guys want to go watch that, I encourage you to do it. I'm not going to play it here. But there was a, a Bethlehem procession, and it was a bunch of people in brown military khakis marching through the streets, carrying, carrying banners that were pro, pro-Gaza, pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine. You can use those words interchangeably as far as I'm concerned. When the amount of support that Hamas has from the people that live there is upwards of 80%, it's like, okay, yeah, there's a minority of people that probably don't like what's going on. But generally speaking, they have allowed it and they tolerate it. And they've also tolerated, as we've shown here, both in comedy and also in uh, sort of a serious way, that the founders of Hamas are incredibly wealthy. They profit from being terrorists. And all those billions of dollars are not going to help people. They're not building hospitals. They are buying munitions, and they are continuing sort of their their terrorist grift, if you will. Anyway, this story states, uh, Representative AOC Ocasio-Tortez from New York faced blowback on her social media posts that tried to liken Jesus to the Palestinian people and criticize Israel, but made no mention of Hamas or their hostages, which uh, obviously should be problematic for people who are dealing in an honest way. She said, quote, in the story of Christmas, Christ was born in modern day Palestine under the threat of a government that engaged in the massacre of innocents. Man, look at those cherry pickings. It's the same thing. Um, she's actually much more brazen about it than I think than a Barack Obama would be. And I think you guys can tell that referencing the, uh, the land that the Jews lived in over 2,000 years ago when it was under Roman control. Of course, the name Palestine is, in fact, even the name that the Romans had. It's not something that came from the people that lived there. It was generated as a province. It was a, it was a, it was a Roman way of dividing up the map, uh, and a bunch of herding people lived there, as told by the stories that we heard, the Silent Night story. Uh, she says, quote, 
He was part of a targeted population being indiscriminately killed to protect an unjust leader's power. It's pretty wild. I mean, that's a pretty hot take, even from an AOC type. But of course, uh, that's that's sort of what we expect from these types of people. They don't operate in a genuine way, and they don't say things because they care about the consequences. They're not accountable for every round sent down range. They just sort of say it. Um, the fact that it's a hit piece or a or a negative press from Fox News is considered good for her folks. They love that. They got no problem with that. And it comes from a greater arrogance, I think, a greater arrogance that exists um, on behalf of these sort of unelected and elected elite types, they feel fine. They feel just fine uh, using things and and sort of placing themselves above and outside of the judgment of a of a creator. It comes from a, a just like an absolute lack of humility is what it seems like to me. And speaking of a lack of humility, I've got kind of one of these troubling videos. My dad actually mentioned this the other day. I hadn't actually watched this. There's a long-form interview here that this is cut from, but uh, my friends over at Catholic Vote actually put this out as a short, and you can follow them on YouTube if you are so inclined. They are far less censored than we were, so you guys are welcome to, to check out this. Uh, but I'll play you this, this particular short. I think it's of value, and I think the commentary here... Man, you want to talk about uh, a lack of humility. Imagine saying that uh, you don't need religion and you don't need church because your personal ethics are so good when you're this guy. You don't practice no, anymore, do you? I don't, no. Why? Ah, a number of complicated reasons. Go on, we have a whole corridor. <laughs> I, first of all, I, I think my own personal ethics on life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path. And I think that the, there are enough negative aspects about the organizational church Mm -hmm. uh, that you are very well aware of. I, I, I'm not against it. I identify myself as a Catholic. <laughs> I identify myself as a Catholic because that's really convenient. It also keeps me shielded from some of the bad things out there. But, uh, you know, I'm my personal ethics are superior to that of the church. What a bold, bold claim. I will love to uh, play this, and I'm sure we'll get a comment from, uh, from GOB Actual at some point on there. Because that is it, folks. When you have elevated yourself to, to being a personal God, and, and he's not alone in this, by the way. He's not unique. But it is really galling to hear somebody say it out loud like that. And it's kind of amazing. Um, I call myself a Catholic, even though I'm too good to be a Catholic, because my personal ethics exceed that of the church that stood for 2,000 years. And whether you're Catholic or you're a Christian at large, evangelical or Protestant or any of the denominations that exist, these all come from the same—they're all, they're all branches on the same tree, are they not? That's the whole point. Uh, we can disagree with whether it needs to be about works and deeds. We can disagree about the way that translation of scripture may need to be. There's some plenty of reasonably good faith debates that could be had. But when the, when the, the statement that you're making is, I and myself have come to so many revelations and I am so capable of discerning truth that I don't require any outside help. I'm going to replace God with me. That's what, that's what Anthony Fauci is essentially saying. And that makes perfect sense when we look at the way he acted, right? I mean, the man went out there and essentially proclaimed that he wasn't, quote unquote, the science. He was the science and attacks on his opinion were attacks on the institutions of science. It's arrogance. It's absolute arrogance. And it is spitting in the face of the traditional version of Western humility, the understanding that there is a power greater than you and you are not it and you cannot be rivaling with it. And it turns out, just like we talked about, I think a couple couple months back, the the story of the, the Tower of Babel. So much of this, like 
building the tower to God was man trying to rival the power of God. It always results in something really bad. It's an apocryphal story to tell us you don't do that and come out okay. And right now, a lot of our institutions are in jeopardy. A lot of the things that we had faith in are in jeopardy specifically because they took it upon themselves. They ordained themselves to replace certain things. And as I've said in multiple sort of interviews, and, I, and I, this is why my affiliation with Catholic Vote has been so good, the idea that you are going to replace God with government, which is what Fauci advocates for, that's what he does. And more importantly, he advocates for the G in uh, in God being replaced with the G in government that he was controlling. And that is incredibly problematic. It's it's the story of all classic heroes. They all have a flaw. And these people's flaw is either arrogance, a lack of humility, pride. I just saw Garrett jump in. He, he said it in one word, the original sin. Rivaling to be that which God has basically kept away from us. It's not for us. And, you know, if you think you're in charge, just go out there and decide what you're going to do with your day and then go to try to execute a simple plan. I will challenge each of you to prove the existence that you are not in charge of your own life. Go out and write down what you're going to do. Map it out. Make sure it involves the world, traffic, your vehicle, you know, some things that are out there in God's creation. I encourage you to write up a plan and then go execute it perfectly and prove to yourself that you're not in charge. Almost every one of us have had this experience. It's very humbling. And that's literally what you call it when that happens. You go, oh, I had a great idea. I had a great idea. So did my friend Garrett. We all had the idea that we were going to be FBI agents, and we were going to retire from a job after 20 years. Maybe that's maybe that's a little bit of pride to think you can do that. It just turns out that God has other plans, and he proved it. <laughs> Many of you have experienced the same thing, by the way. So I'm not saying something that's unique to, to the suspendables uh, that you've seen. In fact, many of you are suspendables simply because you chose. I will not do this thing. The results are my life is taking a dramatic turn in another direction that I didn't plan on doing. The upside is, in the battle between light and dark, which we showed a a Matthew McConaughey clip, you remember from uh, True Detective, and he talks about whether or not the light or the dark is winning, you look into the night sky and you only see little pinpoints of light. His statement was, in the beginning, there was nothing there. It was all dark. And that's why the light's winning. We're going to show you a couple of examples of how the light is, in fact, winning. There's a couple of decent uh, things. I think this is a season of hope. Whether Barack Obama understands what it's about or not, sort of irrelevant. It's not the season of presence and checking in on your neighbor. It's the season of humility and accepting that the creator came down in the most humble form in order to serve. I don't see the Obamas being those people other than they seem to have an awful lot of money and they seem to have some really bad policy ideas. So we're going to give you some points of light. Before we do that, I want to actually cover uh, and say thanks to my friends. Speaking of a point of light, my friends over at 4Patriots, you guys can go to 4Patriots.com slash Kyle. That's the website that's going to get you guys all the deals that we have under the emergency preparedness deals. That's what happens. That's the landing page if you were to type in 4, the number 4, Patriots.com slash Kyle. And you guys can get something just to kind of make sure that the lights do stay on, whether that be a solar generator, whether that be some of the battery packs there. I, I promise you, uh, it's much more easy to have hope. <laughs> it's a lot more easy to, you can still be humble. But uh, being warm is a big deal. Some of you guys in the chat have been in the military and know what it's like. Some of you have been out there in the woods and gone out there and subjected yourself to it. You've found hard times, whether you meant to or not, whether you were doing it for training or whether you were doing it on accident. And um, hard times, you know, when you have them, they let you know exactly where your deficiencies are. They will also humble you. And you guys can find that for patriots.com slash Kyle, just a way to prepare 
just to hedge against some of the insanity that's out there. Whether you're in New York City and getting trapped in there and you might need a 72-hour survival food pack, like 30 bucks is not too much money to be able to just keep it. That way you've got some ready-to-go calories. At least you can face the day with one of those things solved. Whether you want to do that, put something in your car, emergency kits, and so on and so forth. They've got all kinds of different things. Scroll through there. Check them out. Fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. If you are not prepared, if you are not planning to prepare, then you are, in fact, preparing to fail. That's the way it works. So check that out. A bulletproof Bible. <laughs> I just saw that go by in the chat. I don't think they have a bulletproof Bible, although I don't think they would be opposed to it. Most Bibles will stop probably a lot of small projectiles for whatever it's worth. Okay, so let's 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 expand this. Like I said, I promised you some points of light. I'm not going to give you guys nothing but dreariness on the second day of Christmas. So here we are. How about a decent win? How about a win that goes on? Do you remember there was a case that went back just a little while ago, the the, the absurdity that exists and, and the censorship of our federal government where they weighed in on whether or not kids could wear shirts that were showing a pro-life message at the National Archives Museum? As I recalled it, I guess it was the National Archives, but in my mind, I was thinking it was the Smithsonian, but it wasn't. Um, this is coming out of Catholic Votes newsfeed right here. So a pro-life win, the National Archives Museum settles a discrimination lawsuit. Now, think about this. You could walk in with any number of secular messages that you'd like, and there's nothing explicitly religious about saying that you don't think abortion is good. But three, uh, I think they were high school students, pro-lifers, just settled a lawsuit against the National Archives in D.C. After museum security guards, we actually covered down on what it takes to be a security guard at this particular, um, this location, the National Archives Museum. It turns out it's the same qualification it takes for you to be a Capitol Police officer, for whatever it's worth. There are three members named in the lawsuit, and they're going to get a total payment of $10,000 from the museum. The most important part of this particular settlement, I think, is that the museum would promise it would implement measures to ensure that such discrimination does not occur again. There's absolutely no reason the federal government should try to weigh in on what is good and what is not, you know, not good speech. Uh, on this particular incident, it was happening in January of this year, January 20th, just after the March for Life, which if you've never been to the March for Life, even if you're on the fence, whether you think that, uh, you know, the pro-life movement is for you, I would highly encourage anybody that's in the area. I, I, anybody who knows me knows I despise going to Washington, D.C. I don't want to be there ever. I certainly don't want to be in a crowd in Washington, D.C. But I'll tell you this. If you've never been to the March for Life, it's definitely worth your time. It's worth going and looking at and seeing what it's like to be around a bunch of people who have the same goal. The goal is all positive. It's the only crowd of 500,000 or so people I've ever been in where I thought if my kid ran off, somebody would bring him back and, and my girls would be okay. Um, I didn't have my son yet at the time when we went and did it. Highly recommend something like this. It's worth your time. All right. So these these guys came out from the uh, the pro-life movement there. They were walking out of the March for Life. They went into the building and the security guard ordered them either remove or cover their clothing because it was pro-life messages. And that was the key. It wasn't just that they they, you know, they were telling them that you can't wear this. It was specifically because of what it was. Uh, the plaintiff said that uh, religious beliefs compelled them to speak out against abortion through prayer, education and support the pro-life cause whenever they have an opportunity to do so. Security guards told me to take off my pro-life pin as I was standing next to the Constitution that literally says freedom of speech on it. It's it's so interesting how quickly our government is willing to, to engage in censorship, but more importantly, it's willing to suss out who the winners and losers are. And that's really the big piece here, folks. The, the piece is, if the government is going to put a hand on the scale in any way, shape, or form, if they want to tell you what is and what is not acceptable, what is and not good speech, that's why hate speech laws, I think, are really problematic for me. They trouble me because I don't think the government can say what the motivation is under any circumstances. Um, let's do another little win. Let's do another little point of light in the world, shall we? How about this one? 
Pornhub. You guys remember we brought on Arden Young? She was my friend. She was my handler when I was working with uh, folks at Project Veritas as we sort of exposed a couple of things. It's the reason why I went up on the stage. Honestly, the reason why I went up on the stage at AmFest and some of you met me there and you got to see who I was because of that. Um, Arden Young was the person that I went up there. Not, it wasn't about James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe is a take or leave him. But the people that worked for James, particularly Arden, who has been running this story against Pornhub, is uh, is really exceptional. And she's got an outstanding traffic on it. They've shared it on um, Louder with Crowder and some other places. And she's getting very good at broadcasting. She was actually a, a TV a TV actress in her previous life before going doing undercover journalism. And she's an absolute sweetheart. She's a good person, you know, and she's doing some really neat things with her time since she's left Project Veritas. One of them is exposing Pornhub, which is really one of the great evils. If you guys have not, if you have not watched some of their videos, it's called Sound Investigations. You can go back and you can see we did a short little hit with her as well. She's just, yeah, she's just, she's uh, dogged in this pursuit and she has another Project Veritas alumni with her. So this one you're seeing on the screen, alleged child sex trafficking survivor wins key victory in a lawsuit against Pornhub. This is from uh, Daily Signer. And this is Mary Margaret Olihan, who's reporting on it. This is going back a couple of days. The important thing is this. Some of these companies think that they're above the law. They think that they're not going to be, um, they're not going to be held accountable because it's very difficult to win these and it's an uphill battle. It's very expensive to do lawsuits against them. They have tons of money and tons of resources and, and you know, armies of lawyers. What happened in the Northern District of Alabama, the judge that was actually making this decision was Scott Kudler said that they were going to certify as a class the number of def of uh, plaintiffs that were coming forward against Pornhub. Now, if you've never had to deal with a class action lawsuit, lucky for you, honestly, I had to do so when we started looking at suing the federal government over the vaccine mandate. So I have a, a slight sort of peek into this. And the battle is not even just the lawsuit and the facts of the lawsuit. You're actually starting from the bottom square and you're trying to crawl, claw your way up a hill starting from day one. And one of those is getting your class actually certified because in this litigious society that we live in, there are so many different hurdles you have to meet in order to justify that you are in fact a quote unquote class. You can't just gather 15 people together and say, hey, we're a class and we're going to bring a class action lawsuit. You cannot. You have to certify like what it is to make this class. And so the, the court has certified that this class of quote unquote victim survivors uh, are going to be able to hold Pornhub. At least they are going to be able to continue in the lawsuit. There's a team effort. There's other law uh, firms involved and they're almost all going under Jane Doe's. These are people who basically put it on the line to say, no, you cannot be using my image, my young image, my illegal underage image on your pornographic website. And uh, if you're going to do so, you should be facing you know, some consequences, right? You should be dealing with that. So here's the picture of the little lawsuit. Again, it's Jane Doe on filed on behalf of those. This is what a class looks like, all similarly suited. And they've named all of the constituents and all the sort of pieces of Pornhub, whether because they, they've changed names multiple times. If you guys are not tracking that, if you're not looking at sound investigations, you're missing out. But they basically changed their name from MindGeek, which is what it used to be called. Now they go by a different uh, name and they're going to continue to kind of swap around. Some of the games that they're playing is to avoid scrutiny because of the stuff they know, which Arden has exposed, is is obviously dangerous and illegal. It's not good. Looks like we had a camera freeze up on me, so that's fun. Boop. So um, let's carry on. Let's do a couple of others. Let me uh, let me see here because all this stuff, it's it all feels related. Like I said, good news and bad news. Um, some of you may have seen what was going on in. Yeah, yeah, freezing again. So some of you guys may have seen what we did uh, with the swatting. 
I had I had people in my feed all yesterday saying, hey, I'm not being swatted. Are you being swatted? Kyle, don't say anything. You might be swatted. And so the concern is, is there a concerted a, a push by a lot of people or is it a very small number of people? And why is the FBI not the team going out there and looking into it? And I think this shows us the, the left and the right boundaries. The Bureau is more than happy to investigate potential threats against the Supreme Court justices in Colorado, right? We just saw this in the news the other day. Let me see if I can actually figure out this will go through. Uh, boop. Colorado. So I got a frozen camera on one side over here, but it says the FBI is is investigating reports of potential violent threats against Colorado judges. I think that's worth noting that they were not interested in going after that in the Supreme Court, were they? They didn't seem to care about that. But what they did do is they said they're going to go look after the Colorado Supreme Court. A state Supreme Court is going to be a federal jurisdiction. They're going to look into the threats. They're going to help out with local law enforcement. They're going to see if it's a if it's a, a, appears to be a hoax, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to put federal resources into going after the people that are making threats to Colorado. Is it because of what side of the coin they're on? Is that why? Because the majority of the court ruled and said they were going to take Trump out. Now, they did some interesting stuff over at CNN. They went and did some on-the-street interviews. They went and talked to some folks and said, hey, uh, what do you think about this? And they go, well, I'm pretty much into free speech, and I don't really like Donald Trump, but I don't think you should remove him from the ballot. You should let people have their say. That's what's supposed to happen. That's the thought process. Most people in America do understand that fundamental fairness. If you guys go back to what I said just after or just before the indictments came running down, I said if they indict him, they're going to guarantee that he's going to be the Republican nominee, which, you know. That may be the case. We may have already been able to find that out. But if they if they uh, indicted him, and obviously that didn't work, but they basically guaranteed him the path because Americans look at fundamental fairness as a thing that uh, we should at least grasp at. And they didn't have any problem ignoring the threats to the justices after the leak of the Dobbs decisions. We still haven't found the Dobbs leaker, but apparently the FBI is going to put some resources into going after whoever is allegedly putting nonspecific threats against the Colorado Supreme Court justices. It seems problematic, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem like a thing that you'd be like, shouldn't it just be even? Shouldn't it be even-handed? And in the meantime, what we're finding out is that we've got we've got these uh, SWAT calls getting called in, including on MTG, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene and others. Uh, Representative Brandon Williams, they all post about it. They're, they're, if you guys don't know what a SWAT call is, somebody basically either clones a phone, they use a, a voice over IP, or they use an actual cell phone or a, a mobile phone rather, and they make a phone call in, beep, they call in and say something really horrific. If you read the stories of how these go down, it happens on um, like Cat Turd had his uh, docs as well. So once somebody knows what your address is, they'll call the police department in your area, try to shield themselves. And then they'll say, I've just done this horrible thing. They pretend to be you. And they say, I've killed my husband. I've killed my wife. I've cut my boyfriend's throat. I blah, 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 whatever it may be. There's all kinds of different techniques. They'll say something really horrific. And when they say it, then they say, you know, and I'm standing by for, you know, law enforcement. So law enforcement gets the call, uh, active murder scene, armed assailant at this place, and they roll out hard. It's happened to Tim Poole. Again, it's happened to multiple now. Uh, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene said eight times. It's the eighth threat like this. So you continue to have all these different targeted attacks. These are people that are trying, especially on Christmas. That's the whole point, right? It's on Christmas specifically. And they're doing these targeted attacks. Why? Because they're trying to intimidate people. They are trying to do the same thing that you see the Palestinian types that are doing in the streets in New York. They are all trying to quash the things. They are trying to use a weaponized federal government. Isn't it interesting that the folks who hate law enforcement, we've seen it. We've seen the way that they interact with law enforcement. 
The folks that hate it, what do they do? They're the ones that want to use it in a weaponized way. Weaponized federal government doesn't just mean using the federal government to come after you in an official capacity or it's it's other people utilizing the government that's willing to be a tool. And that's what we're seeing here with this. That's what you don't see anybody being arrested over these SWATs. And they should be federal because they're they're touching the wire. If you guys listen to the American Radicals, you listen to Garrett O'Boyle talking about these things, interstate threats, the idea that you are using a means of interstate communication, it makes it a federal matter if they want to use it. It's probably as big a deal as you'd find on like the, the, the FACE Act. But it's being ignored. It's the reason that they were able to touch Douglas Mackey's case, who we interviewed the other day. Douglas Mackey, you know, his whole thing was that they were using wire, that it trans, it you know, went across wires in an interstate matter, even though they couldn't find any actual victims of it. So when you start picking and choosing winners and losers, again, this is whether you're picking free speech or who you're going to prosecute, like all of these decisions all have consequences. And the swatting thing is quite interesting because they're able to find all the people from January 6th who had a cell phone, weren't they? They were able to go dig all those folks up. They had no problems with it. And yet here we are. Wondering, well, who is called a SWAT team on a sitting congresswoman now eight times? It seems problematic. It seems like uh, a real issue. But the fact of the matter is, is that these folks are not winning. That's why. Uh, when I had Mark Howe on the first time, and like I said, we'll have him on again. But the first thing that I remember him telling me that stuck with me, that I walked away with, and if, if I had to break that interview down to one thing, he said, the, uh, the evil in this world is loudest when it's losing. It's not loudest when it's winning. When it's winning, it keeps its mouth shut and it keeps doing it. That's the big difference. And a lot of this loudness indicates to me the same thing as the points of light in the dark sky. It's making it's making progress in a positive way. And that causes howling and wailing and yelling and gnashing of teeth. And that's why you would call SWAT on somebody. That's why you would hope that that an MTG would be shot and killed or a cat turd, a troll account would be shot and, shot and killed. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with whether or not uh, you you think that it should be fair and balanced. That's why you remove a Trump from the ballot, because fairness is not part of your game. You're only interested in winning at all costs and you're losing. You're losing. This is a little video that I found. Uh, it's worth sharing with you guys only because I've watched it probably 100 times. Uh, and then it's going to kind of segue into our last little piece, which is that when they're losing, they're not just losing like the moral battle. They're losing money. And they're losing populations to areas that used to have bigger voting blocks. And so all of that stuff kind of all plays together. This is something I found the other day. And it happened in San Francisco, like the day before Christmas Eve. And, um, you know, if you want to live in this kind of a place, this is kind of funny. When people abandoned New York City during the pandemic, during 2021 and 2022, they were taking a lot of millionaire households, were leaving New York. And the biggest beneficiary of that of that millionaire exodus was going to San Francisco. And this was in San Francisco the other day. Look at the cops. Once again, impotent, unable to enforce. Kind of interesting. <laughs> I should have like a loud noise warning on that one. I've watched it a bunch of times and every time I even turn it on, it makes me just kind of jump because it's so jarring. There was guys out there doing push-ups in the streets. That was keeping the police at bay. Did you see it? Guys dumping down and doing like pumping push-ups and they're shooting a YouTube video and that guy's going to roll that car at some point. I'm sure that was their car, right? They didn't steal it because that's what we see. People steal these vehicles and then they go and they use them, they joyride them and they run the tires off them and destroy it. And uh, And all of it is dangerous for everyone there. 
who's standing in a circle like a bunch of idiots. It's dangerous for the cops who have to watch it, who have to respond and can't do anything because they're being they're being emasculated by their agencies. And uh, the end result is actually fairly predictable. It's that people are leaving. They are fleeing. So they talked about how they fled New York and then, uh, you know, sort of the hinge that I saw. What, who was it? Business Insider? Give me one second here. I'm going to tell you. Uh, Bloomberg left his outlet at this point saying uh, New York it has gained back a lot of its millionaires. But what they've lost is they've lost 10 billionaires. And for me, that's the equivalent of someone saying, hey, um, we're going to take $1,000 from you and then we're going to give you back a bunch of ones. Is that good? You're going to have more bills. They've actually gained back some of this stuff. They've actually gained back some of the people that were involved in this, right? So people left, maybe some came back. You've got some more seven-figure incomes. you got some new seven-figure incomes that are moving into, but let's do billionaires. That would be uh, eight, nine, ten-figure incomes or ten-figure households are leaving and you're getting seven figures. It's not a good trade, but that's the trade they're making right now. And it's because this stuff is not palatable to the average person. Like people don't want this regardless of what's being pushed out there. They don't want to see weaponized government. They don't want to see any of this crazy, and they don't want to see this crazy gender stuff. I, I'd be remiss in not sharing this because this is one of my favorite videos. It just shows you that even the people that are the most loony on the left, they sort of can't even make sense of their own craziness. I think that's what I keep seeing when I watch the, the Palestine protesters, the, the pro-Hamas people, like you're backing a terrorist organization and they can't even keep like their own threads lined up. This lady's a great example of it. This is like one of the weirdest videos you'll ever watch. Don't try to make sense of it. It'll actually hurt your feelings if you try to understand what word she's using. It's a smoothie of like woke garbage, gender ideology, but it is kind of like the people that they think Americans are hoping to be, I guess. We'll break this down in one second here. Let me just play it without too much hype because, uh, like I said, your heads are going to hurt at the end of it. Let's just rock and roll into uh, loony trans non-binary woman. Don't call me a woman, lady. Hey, so we're having a real debate right here. I am non-binary. I am a non-binary woman. I have a vagina owner. And my husband tells me consistently that he is a cis man that likes vagina. And that's how he identifies, as a straight cis man. I find it offensive that my husband sees himself as straight when he's married to someone who is non-binary. I'm not a woman, so you're not straight. You're actually queer. And he won't acknowledge that. He won't give me the acceptance of, yes, I understand we are a queer marriage and I am in inherently queer because I am attracted to all vagina owners, not just girls. He likes non-binary spectrum women, non-binary people, no gender that have a vagina. He just likes he just does not like penis. So what he's saying is kind of an insult to the LGBT community, honestly. It is to me that he's not willing to accept our marriage is queer because I'm non-binary and I'm pansexual. He would inherently be pansexual. Am I wrong? Because he likes anyone, not based on genitalia, but he likes them for who they are in the heart. And he likes vagina owners. So what is he? And is this offensive? 
<laughs> it is offensive because what she said is so crazy. She couldn't even agree with herself. The internal disagreements in that argument, uh, that stream of consciousness of woke craziness that you just heard, which is amazing. It's it's truly an amazing, but I actually think that represents the average person in there. A couple of you were saying bring back mental institutions. It's it's about a couple things. She's saying she needs, because of her choices to identify in a fantasy way, she should be able to impose that on other people because she no longer thinks she's a woman. He now no longer can be a straight male. What a crazy thing. She also claims she's a woman and not a woman. And the best line in there is her saying, I have a vagina owner. I don't know what that means. I don't know what most of that meant. Most of that was like non-English statements that were just sort of concocted craziness. But the fun thing is, I, like I said, I think she's representative of the only people that are really talking in that space. The the ones that are that are that are propagating it and pushing it down on the American people actually don't practice that sort of thing. Like they're they engaged mostly in heterosexual relationships and they they want to defend all the crazies. Those are the, the the poor suckers. Those are the useful idiots that are out there, you know, running around trying to make sense of the madness because it doesn't make sense. Uh, and the concept of vagina owner is obviously hit the chat pretty well. I'm sorry that that. That is now in your lexicon. Some of you have heard it before. If you haven't, listen to how crazy she is. She said that uh, the other fun thing was she said that he only cares about people not based on their genitalia, but what's in their heart. But he's not interested in people with certain genitalia. So he's only interested in people based on their genitalia. None of it agrees with itself. It's classic, classic lunatic leftism. It's one of those great sort of moments where you go, is this is this winning? Is this what you're going to try to sell the American people on? And the obvious answer is that it's not. And, and people who have money and sense leave this crap. The last little piece that I will tell you, there was a Newsweek story, which I also saw today in, in Catholic Votes Loop, and it just said Americans are leaving Democratic states. Uh, their census are showing it. They're leaving en masse. And the biggest losers are New York and California and the most left-wing states. Um, it's just the way it works. Pennsylvania lost a bunch, too. Illinois lost some. Um, Oregon lost. Hawaii lost. It's just the way it goes. If you make crazy policies, you're going to lose. Pe people are going to vote with their feet. Because they feel like they can no longer vote with their actual vote, and it's being you know compromised in such a big way. So for whatever it's worth, that goofy stuff is pretty fun to see. It's fun to know that they're out there, and like I said, they're losing. So be it. Um, we'll carry on with our lives, but uh, just be aware if you encounter them. I wouldn't engage them. That woman doesn't seem stable. The nose ring and the crazy eyes pretty much tell you all the time. The sad haircuts where women are trying to approximate like sick old men. Like that woman was way too young to look like she was like a 75-year-old cancer survivor uh, male. But that's what she's trying to do. So, so be it. We're going to uh, we're gonna end it right there. We're going to say thanks to my buddy, Garrett Boyle, who I saw pop into the chat. We may have a frozen camera here, but uh, no, it looks like we're good. Let's, uh, let's keep the sweatshop lights moving. Let's keep them warm in the winter and this uh, holiday season. Let's put the kids back to work. You guys can go to the-suspendables.com. It's the-suspendables.com. You might have time to get out some pins. If you're trying to have them for New Year's, New Year's Eve and your celebration there, you can get the Suspendables merch pins. He's got a bin of those. So you guys can add those. You see that on the lapel sitting over there on my uh, on the screen. Add three, use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. It'll save you 10% off. Or you can ring in the new year wearing a pair of Ranger panties, which I guess are already printed. They're probably ready to go. Put some Ranger panties on, get yourself a Sherpa hoodie, call it good, and uh, you guys can rock and roll with the-dispendables.com. That's the O'Boyle family sweatshop. We'd appreciate it. There he is in the chat. He knows what's going on. And lastly, if you guys want to use our MyPillow code, you can do that. There is Mike Lindell's website. It's MyPillow.com slash Kyle. Again, MyPillow.com slash Kyle, or use the promo code Kyle. There is the landing page with all of the outstanding options you have, whether it be a mattress topper, which we just uh, 
my buddy Mike, Matt Couch just was asking me what he should do. He bought a mattress and he didn't love it. And I turned him onto my pillow stuff and they sent him a mattress topper for free. I think he's got kind of a big following. So they do that sort of stuff for you. But you guys can use promo code Kyle. It's not going to be free, but it'll still save you money and it supports our show. So we appreciate that. MyPillow.com slash Kyle. Let's do that. And let's do a five-star review as we get ourselves ready to go into this interesting week. And let me just make this. If you guys stuck around to the end, you'll know. I'm going to be hosting, guest hosting, the Dinesh D'Souza podcast all this week. So if you can't get enough Kyle Serafin, uh, there's something wrong with you. You should probably get that checked out. But you also can get more of it, at least this week, on the Dinesh D'Souza podcast, which runs at random times, they told me, in the afternoon. So you can check that out. We'll be doing some cool guests. Uh, should have Matt Taibbi going on there. We've got Tracy Beans coming on to talk. we got more Steve Baker. And then we've got our favorite, Double Trouble. We're going to have uh, Tara Rodas and... Uh, Aaron Stevenson are going to join me for the different days as we go through towards the new year. And you guys can see double shows this whole week. That means that there's no rest for the weary. Most of you guys are taking the week off or having a slow week. I'm having a big week. So see us over there and we will check you guys out. Uh, let's do our five-star review. And thanks so much. Here we go. You guys can leave this on the Apple. The links are in the show description and you can leave just like four F O R E Nike golf. Yeah. That's like a golf joke. I think it says take the red pill. Join the resistance against centralized tyranny and listen to Kyle Serafin, Serapin, uh, that's Serafin Misley, a little homage, someone who watches our intro on Rumble, obviously. Seriously good show with a smiley face. We do appreciate the five-star reviews. We appreciate all of you guys being here to join us at 0930 Eastern Time. That's 830 where I live in Texas, America on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you watch this anywhere else, join us at rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Come for the content. Stay for the chat. I see you guys have just been bumping. It keeps booming on. It's not as crazy as going to a Bongino chat so you can actually track what's being said. That may be a benefit to you if you want to join us. We look forward to seeing you guys again tomorrow at 0930. Hope you have a blessed day and remember the reason for the season. It's not what Barack Obama said. You guys know what's right. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.